Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. We'll talk some college football with our friend Dave Bartu, um, the analytics man. When it comes to the world of college football, he was the first to go there and get there and then has uh, expanded what all he's doing under the college football matrix, including coaching grades, which is really cool and just uh, super delicious for us. We welcome in uh, Dave Bartu on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Bartu, you know, we were having a conversation last time we were hanging out with you. I think this was like three weeks ago, and we were going over some of the moves that Leach and Kiffin have made with their staff. And uh, it wasn't quite finalized, I think, on Leach's end. But um, you sent me some stuff afterwards, and you gave Mike Leach an unbelievable compliment because you really like who he is and what he's about. So this isn't, for our listeners, a, a deal to beat up on him. Uh, one, you compared him to Steve Spurrier, and you, you said not that he is Steve Spurrier, but there's a lot of similarities, which I agree with you, um, in that they're brilliant, and they believe they can take their 11 and a lot of times beat yours. And then we were talking about the staff shuffle, and he took Zach Arnett as defensive coordinator, who was also coaching linebackers, and who, according to your uh, rankings, metrics, uh-huh. is a five-star linebacker coach and moved him to safety, and he's never done that. And then he took Matt Brock, who is special teams coordinator, and moved Brock to linebackers coach, and then he took Jason Washington from safeties and moved him over to running backs. And that didn't make any sense to you, but then at the end of the day, you said, I think just Mike lives off of his own field genius. Expand on that, if you would. Um, you know, well, in terms of its, in terms of its relation with Spurrier, you know, you, you, we've had the conversations where, uh, I, I think the biggest thing that is in common is off the field. This is where I got the comparison because, um, my understanding, uh, I haven't been on campus in a while, but, uh, Mike likes to talk to everybody, right? He'll talk to anybody, <laughs> walk around campus, talk to the, talk to the turf guy, talk yeah. to the guy filling up Gatorade, this, that, and the other. Right. Um, and uh, Steve is very similar in that manner. Uh, Steve also not big recruiter. Uh, when Steve was at South Carolina, his average recruit was 198 miles away from campus. The lowest number in college football. As soon as he left, boom, it went right back up. But when he showed up, it went way down. Told me he just wasn't that interested in it. Uh, and both of them talked to everybody. And both of them simply survive, in my opinion, survive off of their offensive genius. Like I said, just just give me 11 guys on offense, and I'm going to roll this out there, and I'm going to call the plays and beat somebody. I don't care who the 11 are. Just give them to me. I'm just going to out-football everybody else. And so I, I believe there's a lot of similarities uh, between the two in that manner. Um, as, as for the coaching side of it, the coaching grades and the coaching shuffle, we didn't have this, you know, back then when when Steve was at South Carolina. In fact, it took us seven years to develop the coaching grades we have uh, because there's just so much play-by-play data. There's 11 headsets per team every year. So we had to pull almost 25,000 individual coaching reports just to make these grades. 
Wow. So, you know, it's well, and and look, you know, we're talking about Arnett. You know, got his linebacker grade right. We we know what is we know what every linebacker unit has done against the run and against the pass when he's been the linebacker coach everywhere he's been. I can tell you every single coach he's been under in his career. You know, and so um, while it's not a perfect system, it's probably it's it's the biggest and best system in in college football right now. So uh, yeah, I I think Mike and and Steve have have a lot of similarities in the way they they manage things. And you know, it all goes back to the same thing, though, right? As long as you win in football games, nobody cares. Just you know. How do how do you get to the W at the end of the day on the scoreboard? That's really what it all shuffles down to. Sure, sure. All right, so we'll leave that there. We'll unpack more of that throughout the next couple of months as we get into Labor Day weekend. Um, people believe that Kiffin's got all the momentum in the state. Although Mike had a good year, it's just when your when your rival has a better year, Kiffin won ten games, Leach won seven, um, and uh, it's just overshadowed. So that's where we are right now. People think everybody, Lane's got it all figured out. And, and Mike, you know, there's there's some grumbling in the fan base about about Mike. Plus, he's lost the two rivalry games. But all in all, I thought Mike had a super year beating Auburn, A&M, Kentucky, and North Carolina State. Those are all four good teams, considering where MSU recruits. All right, let's turn the page. Let's do a little Texas A&M preview. So Jimbo is coming off an 8-4 and four season. But mm-hmm. but they landed the number one recruiting class. Some people believe on paper the number one defensive class in the history of college football. We'll see. And and he signed eight five stars according to two four seven sports. He's he's got the same identical record as Kevin Sumlin after four years. So, mm-hmm. but he's recruiting gangbusters. He has moved them into a top three recruiter. They were number one this year. As you look at A and M going into year. Five for Jimbo. Yeah. In this 2022 season, what do you see, Bartu? Mm. Well, let's start with last year and how bad that was. <laughs> no, let's let, let's be serious here. If you're gonna look, if if you're going to go, hey, we're a top ten recruiter, which he has. Okay, someone came in, moved A and M into the 10, 11, 12, 13 range over over his four years there. Solid. Okay, improved the talent profile at A&M. Then Jimbo came in, and Jimbo moved A&M into the top ten. Now, last year they were number six by my numbers when you add in attrition, the portal, this, that, and the other. They were number six recruiter in the country last year. All right? They're scheduled. You know what their projected talent schedule was last year? If you just go, if you just go talent and then adjust for road and home, that was an 11-1 and one schedule last year. Wow, how about eleven that, and one. Blake. Their their only projected loss was at LSU, which they lost. But I think you, me, and everybody listening would be like, dude, that was LSU in November after Ed got fired, and nobody gave a, gave two s's about that game, <laughs> right? You know, no, you're and, right. And, and and so he was minus three games coach effect last year. He he was this close away to minus four beating Alabama at home. He loses to Alabama at home. He is seven and five minus four games coach effect. And that would have been the worst non first year coach effect in the power five last year. It wasn't a good year last year. Don't kid yourself. Eight and four is the number six recruiter. That is not good. 
okay? Yeah. Especially in year four. So it was regressed. So I, I think there's a lot of momentum for them when you look at the talent. We go, oh, we signed the number one class. Yeah, but your average class the last four years has been number six. It's not that big of a step up. It really isn't. Um, so then, then you take a look at what do we have to look forward to to 2022. Uh, I think the big subtraction for A&M is that they lost Elko. I think Elko was vastly underrated. I think his defense kept uh, A&M uh, in football games. Uh, you look at last year, the games they won, points given up, 10, 7, 0. Uh, they lost 20 to 10 to Arkansas, gave up 20. Uh, Mississippi State gave up uh, 25. Uh, Alabama gave up 38. Everybody gives up 38 to Alabama. Uh, and then Missouri, 14, 14, 3, 19, 3, and 27 in the loss to LSU. Wow, Elko Dude. was good. Uh, Elko was wicked good. Really wicked good. He was the glue because their offensive coordinator at A&M isn't very good. It's not very good offensive coordinator. It, it is defensive-oriented football uh, at A&M. And, and you, look in the, you look in the SEC, uh, guys that are rated ahead of the play caller at A&M, uh, Lane Kiffin is better. Josh Heifel is better. Drinkwitz is better. Uh, Leach is better. Denbrook is better. Um, Monken is better. Wow. Uh, Napier? Yeah. You know, so, um, Napier, oh, Napier's way better. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Bryles, right? I yes. Mean, it, 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 I mean, you're talking one, two. How many guys are above Jimbo? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight guys in the SEC alone. Okay. And this year, um, he's going to pay, and Miami is going to have a better OC on the schedule you know so it is to me a&m is for the last four years has been defensive and it's still a defensive oriented uh program when you compare the offensive coordinator ability to the defensive coordinator ability um so but you're you're still talking about a top five recruiter in college football um right. eight and four is just simply not a good year in my opinion now you had some regression right i mean you were what what was it 11 and one the year before you lost your starting quarterback i mean there there's some things look college football one of the reasons we love it is it's a roller coaster sure right? you, things go up things go down for almost everybody it's just that the amusement park's being run by alabama so you know they, they don't have the up and down they just take everybody's money right and everybody else goes up and down but you, you look at this schedule that they have for this year as a number five recruiter, who are they playing? Who, who even out recruits them, right? Ohio State, not on the schedule. Georgia, not on the schedule. Alabama, Alabama's on the schedule. And it's at Alabama. Everybody else, they significantly out recruit. Um, and, and a lot of the good recruiters, LSU, got them at home with a new staff. They're going to Auburn, but Auburn staff's terrible. They get Florida at home, new staff, good staff. Better staff than A&M, but they get Florida at home. They get Ole Miss at home. I mean, this is this has 11 and one written all over it again. So I think the the interesting thing here is if you're if you're an A&M fan, your expectations are absolutely trying to beat Alabama, yet winning all your other games to get in the playoffs. If you don't like A&M, are we going to get another train wreck? Because eight and four back to back years with that talent in this schedule, something's wrong. Right. It ain't working. 
you know, because when you're a top five recruiter, uh, you just – and the expectations that you have and the SEC money you have to pay for a quality staff, um, yeah, you know, you you deserve to have double-digit win expectations. Um, but, you know, something – there's a lot of good coaching staffs on this thing. You know, I mean, you look at this schedule. What if he loses State? to – all right. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Miami yeah. is a, uh, are they oh, a top 15 God, recruiter? You want to talk about a must-win game? Must-win game? Isn't that it? Yes. I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're not an A&M fan, September 17th in College Station, and dude, I'm going to do everything I can to be at that game because that is absolutely delicious, Uh, isn't it? I mean, five years of Jimbo Fisher, number one recruiting class. Miami walks in with really good talent and a very good staff, not a great one, but a very good one. you got to win. Oh, my gosh. That that one right there is must-see TV for me. Right, it's you know you go through these games, you're like because people this time of year everybody's talking about oh what's the must win game? Isn't that it? Yes, that's got to be it more than anything. And then and then if they don't win that, you want to talk about a psychosis of avalanche pain because you lose to Miami at home, then you've got Arkansas neutral State, field and Alabama, right? But but I mean you're playing Arkansas, well coached. Good talent. Sure. Okay. Uh, you're playing at Mississippi State, which you want to talk about your trap game? Dude, the next week they're playing at Alabama. They ain't even going to know what Stark where? Where are we at? Exactly. Ooh, what? We got, we got, we're in Tuscaloosa next week. Oh, Mississippi State's in a great spot right there, sandwiched between Arkansas, Alabama, and after that Miami game. So, oh, it, it's to me, like I said, it's an 11-1 schedule. But – that September 17th game at home against Miami, that is fascinating football to me. I like where Bartu's going here. Dave Bartu on the Corona Premier Guest Line. For for our listeners, um, A&M third week, they play Miami at home. Arkansas on a neutral, somewhat neutral field, Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And then as Bartu right. just referenced, they got to go to Starkville and then T-Town. If they lose to Miami, it could get dicey considering those next three games, especially if they lose two of the three fan base, isn't going to be, you know, and they still have as bar two reference, some really good teams on the schedule. 
I mean, they got to go to South Carolina. We don't know what. I mean, Beamer's not great, but they got Rattler from Oklahoma. Then Ole Miss, Kiffin is doing a great job. Florida, Napier, they still have talent. And then, you know, some other issues there with Auburn and LSU. So, God, can you imagine if he goes eight and four again with top five talent? I mean, they're just not. If that happens, they're not getting any closer to Atlanta. They're just. They're not. No, I, I, I actually can't imagine the feeling of being an A&M fan with all that talent and all the hype and and everything. And the schedule, these are wonderful. Look, they, you and I have talked about this a million times, right? Is eight SEC games is still tougher than any nine anywhere else in college football, okay? Uh, you could come up with a nine-game schedule in the Big Ten that's really tough, too. Okay, if it was the right teams, the the lower ones aren't very good. You know, they got a few Vanderbilt too over there. Um, but the schedule's as good as it gets for these guys, right? I mean, there's no Georgia on here anywhere, uh, and this year's schedule's better than last year's. I mean, you get LSU and Florida at home, Auburn with new coaching. You get Ole Miss at home, and Ole Miss got the quarterback. Um, you know, you get Miami's, like I said, I think, I think the whole season, this is one of those things is like the, uh, like the masters, right? What do they, what do they say today and tomorrow? You can't win it on Thursday and Friday, but you can lose it. Mm -hmm. You can't win a playoff spot or have an excellent season the third week of September, but you can lose your season in the third week of September. Uh. I think that's this game. I think that's this game because you know, the one thing I love about college football, probably more than anything, is what I can't quantify, and that is psychology of 18 to 22-year-olds. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> right? Yes. We, we can't quantify. I, can I put data on everything? I can put data on everything. Everything. You can give me a game. I can, I can tell you the, the, the frequency of – of a passing interference flag in the in the red zone against a home team in the SEC, but I can't tell you what the 21 year old four star is thinking after overlooking Miami and getting beat going into, you know, playing Arkansas in in, in Jerry's house. Sure, right. So that 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 to me is always always the fascinating side of college football is the emotion. And it's everywhere. You got coach emotion, you got fan emotion, you got booster emotion, you got player emotion. And when I'm picking apart schedules, I'm looking for the emotional stuff. And while this schedule highly favors an eleven and one playoff level run for A and M, it is fraught with psychosis early on. And nothing is bigger than that Miami game. They overlook that and lose that. Oh, dude. Pop me up a 55-gallon drum of popcorn because I'm coming over and we're watching the rest of the season together. I love it. Dave Bartu on the Out of Bounds show and the Corona premiere guest line. And and also, I think Bartu would circle around and tell us that, uh, and, and this was the former Miami AD, but terrible scheduling on the Hurricanes part. Uh, I'm excited and Bartu are excited. Selfishly, I want all these games, right? But if you're strategically trying to win, you know, you don't schedule A and M at A and M if you're Miami, just because it's a as Bartu is referencing, it's a tough place to play. And over the last five years, Jimbo has moved their talent up, you know, uh, incrementally, um, kind of every year. So 
But I'm excited about the matchup because I'm fascinated with Cristobal going back to his hometown and alma mater and all the talent in that three-county area and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, DJ Durkin real quick. Um, DJ Durkin is Texas A&M's defensive coordinator. Would yeah. you would yeah. you so argue – Bar- Yeah, so would you argue, Bartu, because mm-hmm. Durkin and Ole Miss's defense carried Ole Miss the last six games of the year – would you argue that that was Durkin's best co- coaching job as a as a coach, or one of them? What he did last year at Ole Miss. Look, look Dur- Durkin when 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 Lane hired Durkin, uh, you know we had it as a we, we've had Durkin as a four star defensive coordinator the whole time. He's been good. Um, I think he just got overshadowed with the offense and the fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it was it is. When Matt Corral had it going with Lane, it's fun to watch, right? Even if you hate Ole Miss, it's like you hate it because it's fun. <laughs> no doubt. But you know, but that team was carried by the defense last year. It was number twenty-four in defensive scoring efficiency, especially in October and November when the offense fell apart. It really wasn't that good last year. The defense held it all together. I got I got Durkin right now uh, as as a defensive coordinator, uh, and these are career rankings, right? Um, I got him as the second best DC in the SEC right now, and he inherits more talent at A and M. He did a rem- just a yeah, remarkable yeah. job at Ole Miss he, last year. He did. Now we we adjust what we do with talent. Okay. Okay. These, these aren't gotcha. just straight go to the stats and go. Oh, this is this is this is where they were ranked. No, it's there, there's also an adjustment for talent acquired, talent faced. Um, so behind Barry, so I got Durkin behind Barry Odom. Um, and, uh, and to me, Odom and Bryles is, is what's making Arkansas so damn good is it's, it's just the best OCDC pairing in the SEC period, um, far and away. So, but I, I, I think Durkin is really good, but it's still a step back. Elko was number one, uh, before Elko Aranda was number one. So you've lost Aranda, uh, from LSU. You lost, um, Elko from A and M, uh, Durkin. I think that was a solid hire. Uh, were there better guys out there? Probably. Um, well, I know there were, but he's still number two in the SEC overall. Who's number one? And uh, Barry Odom. Oh, Odom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odom. Hey, uh, real Arkansas. quick, okay. who 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 uh, who is rated higher, uh, Barry Odom or Derek Mason? I know Mason's now at OK State. I'm just curious in your rankings. Oh, um, or is it like a push? It is really, really close. I, I thought. Um, speak it, speaking of though, here well, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Okay. Um, I didn't mean to get you off schedule, but th- those kind of things just no, you're, no, are it's, it, fascinating it, it, it's to all me. Cool. We're just having a fun discussion, dude. Yeah, We're having a fun discussion. I love this stuff. Um, I think that while I'm looking up Mason's number, I, what I do know is Mason is ranked higher than Jim Knowles who Ohio State paid $2 million to come to Ohio State. Wow. Wow. Okay. Right. Now, now let me – so I'll, I'm going to go off – not go off, but I'm going to talk about Knowles just for a second, though. Sure. We have in our, we have in our system uh, – we call it progression. And th- this is um, how well guys progress uh, through – their career in terms of being able to turn somebody around. How long does it take, you know, when they arrive to turn something around? Now we all know 
that Oklahoma State defense last year was filthy. Absolutely filthy. You know, we can agree upon that part of it. Um, but it took four slow years to get there and an absolute ton of super seniors, fifth, six-year guys. So, you know, when I when I look at um, – when I look at Knowles, he's still a four-star defensive coordinator, but he's closer to Durkin than to Mason or Odom. I'd have taken Mason or Odom over Knowles. Now, maybe his scheme fit what Ryan Day wanted to run uh, a little bit better. Uh, Derek Mason, I got Derek Mason. Actually, I got Derek Mason. That's funny. I got Derek Mason and Jim Knowles point two apart. So our scale goes from zero to 100. And Derek Mason's career and Jim Knowles' career is point two apart. Wow. Odom, Odom's better than both of them. Wow, wow, wow. Hmm. Okay, so... You know, uh, and so uh, I'm not uh, saying Knowles is bad. Odom right? is one. bad. Yeah. And, and Durkin is two, according yep. to Dave Bartu's rankings of defensive coordinators in the Southeastern Conference. Um. Obviously, the DCs in uh, Oxford and Startville, the DC in at Ole Miss, we think is Maurice Crum, and we know that Arnett is the uh, is the DC at 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 Mississippi State. All right, that's cool, cool. All right, right. Um, <laughs> I love this stuff. Uh, oh no, it's it, it's fun. I mean, we can talk about special teams ranking. How about defensive support staff, right? Because we got we got headsets supporting all these guys. See, every, everybody over the last few years, I focused on the OC and the DC, right? But who is supporting these guys? So, because some people may be going, well, where's Pete Golding in this? Where does he rank? Well, we got him fourth, right? But his defensive support staff is by far and away linebacker coach, DB coach, safety coach, defensive line coach. He has by far and away the best support staff on defense in the SEC. So, you know, you, you, start, you start looking at all these things. Durkin's support staff at A&M, third in the SEC. That's really, really good. Dang. Um, you know, you start going down through here. And see, this, this is why I really don't like, um, so like South Carolina, is Clayton White is top, I think, number five in the SEC over in South Carolina. Defensive support staff is 13th. E. Right? So, you know, White's really, really good. But how good would he be if he was surrounded with a lot of, of coaching talent? So what I'm trying to do is just wrap our mind around everything. You know, the head coach is the most important. OCDC is really important. Special teams is extremely important. The correlation between quality special teams and top 25 teams is ridiculous. If you don't have good special teams, uh, I think last year the of the teams that finished in the top 25 regular season, um, 22 of them were in the top 40 of our special teams rankings. They were all good at it. it it's rare that you have a top 25 team that isn't really, really, really good uh, at special teams. Where does and... Ole Miss? Hold on, real quick. Let me. Let me. I've got this in front of me. Um, Marty, where does Marty fall? 
Yeah. Where Where does Ole Miss? Dude, I have I have everybody here. Literally everybody. I got them all. So <laughs> Marty Biaggi. You know, for a name, right? Mar- Marty. He's eighth in the SEC. Um, just a little bit. So that so one through six is really good. Uh, Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, and MLSU, Vanderbilt, really good special teams grades for their careers. Okay. And then there's a step down to the next group, which is Florida, uh, which is Couch, and you got Marty at Mississippi, uh, Scott Fountain at, at Arkansas, uh, and then Cochran at Georgia. Okay. Um, and so that got compressed a little bit. That's, that's your next group. And then there's a big step down to your bottom four at Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. So MSU is, is next to last. Eric Mealy yep. was the, I think, running backs coach or wide receivers coach. Mm. And now, uh, yeah, I don't, I, and he's special teams coordinator. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, never coached them. special teams, right? Uh, I believe he has. We do have a grade for oh, him. Oh, okay. Uh, it, okay. Looks like, it looks like he has. Now, it uh, a caveat to this is, let's say he only coached special teams one year but was really good mm-hmm. at it. Um, he's not going to have a good grade because we don't really hand out full grades until we have three years of performance. It's, it's, it's not fair to say, you know, Hey, you know, um, you know, Blake Scott's really good at special teams after one lightning in a bottle year. Right. You know, so it's trending in the right direction. So, so Eric is on the positive side. Uh, he, he's not sub 50. And so he's on the positive side. Uh, a special team. So I wouldn't jump on it too much if he has less than three years of experience, but we also don't know the downside of it, right? He may have had one good year. He may have two good years, but we like to have at least three. So it cycles through players. And so we can see, we can set the bar, how good and how bad these guys can be. The, The only real wild card out there too, is you got Kentucky with a guy who's never been a special teams coach, John Settle. We have him 14th. Uh, he has zero grade right now because he hasn't gone anywhere. So overall, special teams, though, in the SEC are really solid, um, and they do win football games. Uh, but I see three distinct uh, bands of coaching talent in the SEC right now with uh, special teams. All right. I think we leave it there because we're going to do this a lot over the next uh, <laughs> 90 days, and I'm looking oh, forward dude, to it. I could, you know me. I could do this for days you just just you could walk away go get a sandwich and i'll just keep talking about guys all right, well, real, all right so um, look drew hollingshead got hired by leach he got promoted from within you don't really have a great to, to wide receivers coach he's one of the two with no. steve spurrier jr but when you're promoted right. from within as an offensive uh, quality control guy to on the uh-huh. field it basically there's no grade is that it, it, am i right there yeah, am i we, wrong or two yeah, we, we call that we call that guy a fifty. So you know how I said our grade goes zero to a hundred. Yeah, there's no such thing as a zero coach, and there's no such thing as a hundred coach. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, the closest to a hundred coach is Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. All right, but fifty is our midpoint. So if you have no experience, we start you at fifty. You're not good. You're not bad. You're nothing. You're right in the middle. And then after your first year of coaching. Let's say you're coaching special teams or calling plays on the defense or a wide receiver coach or a linebacker coach. You fall on one side of 50 or the other. And so, like, when I'm looking at a coaching staff, I want to at least see, depending on the level, right, depending on the money, depending on the brand, the first thing is, is everybody 50 or better? Everybody, right? Because if you're hiring sub-50 guys, 
you're, you're hiring guys that have proven to be crappy to begin with. You're not good at hiring people. Okay. Now you look at the SEC, um, offensive coordinators below 50. There is one, two, three, four. So I see four team, I see four head coaches in front of me right now that don't know how to hire offensive guys. On the defensive side, I see one. Ha! The offensive and defensive coordinator match is there. So there's one team that's got sub-50 guys at both spots. So it's pretty easy to uh, pick out the worst OCDC uh, <laughs> coordinator pairing in the SEC. It's in the West. Um, LSU? One, two, three. Oh, Auburn. There are three DCs sub-50. The only one that has both of them <laughs> is Auburn. <Wow. laughs> and they're in the they're in the 20s. I mean it is Auburn easily easy easy easily has in our numbers the worst worst coaching staff and one of the worst coaching staffs in the SEC. Vanderbilt is horrible too. Wow. The Vanderbilt uh, has horrible talent, but nobody cares. Right. It's kind of one of those things that the bear farts in the woods. Does anybody hear it? No, nobody cares. Right, exactly. All right, we'll leave it there. This, uh, next time we may have to get into this, our listeners will somewhat be, I think, interested because you never know if a guy like this could end up in the SEC with big money. I know Wisconsin's got big money, but obviously you love Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, because you've got him as a uh, an A plus rated DC, right? Yeah, he's a freak. freak. Bloody freak. Okay. It's awesome. Oh God. You look at his numbers and it's just like it just there's no down year. That you know, and he's been doing it for five, six years at Wisconsin. Just absolutely brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Uh but you know, he's an alum there. You know, I mean he's making two million a year. He's uh, making that, two that million at Wisconsin. I think so. He's making a a lot of money. Okay. Maybe it's not that much because Wisconsin historically doesn't pay worth crap. Um, but That's because Alvarez they, they didn't want to pay anybody but himself. But anyway, he's now yeah, retired. Maybe they yeah, changed but it. It's, they, they have to keep him, though. Yeah. I mean, it is you, – you, you want to talk – I mean, look, they, they lost Barry. Um, I, I think Wisconsin football is hanging on by – well, I'm sure Barry still has a lot of influence, but <laughs> Leonard is <laughs> – Leonard is the keystone there. He Got has it. been unbelievably awesome. I love the guy. Uh, smart guy, fun to talk to, and just, you know, so I got a little emotional bias there, but by the numbers, oh, if he landed in the SEC as a DC with somebody with elite talent, you know, like if, if Nick picked him up, you know, I mean, somebody with a really good offensive coordinator and super talent, you know, oh, God forbid he landed with Nick or Kirby. <gasps> oh my goodness! Take take my breath away. I mean, it just I'd just be like, okay, we're gonna play the game called first six, and if you don't get there, you lose. <laughs> That's great. All right, we'll do another team later. That was uh, Texas A and M mixed in with a little bit of Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State, and that's our friend uh, Dave Bartu. Ranking coaching staffs, among other things. Uh, college football matrix and all the other fun stuff he does. All right. Uh, go hike in the woods and talk to yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate being on. See Love you, dude. You He's great. Dave Bartu. Awesome. 
on the uh, Corona Premier Guest Line. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Would love for you to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hit subscribe. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Appreciate you listening to the show. The Out of Bounds Show. Powered by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. And Went McGee, the mortgage man. He'll shop the best rates for you. MortgageManMS.com. See ya.